Warning, this podcast is solely based on smut books. The definition of smut is a story that includes one or more sexually explicit scenes. This is a warning for all listeners to proceed with caution. There will be explicit content, sex talk, and triggering subjects. We will provide a trigger warning before each episode. This podcast is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Sluts. We're your hosts. I'm Tisha. And I'm Corey. And welcome back to our podcast. So today we are reviewing Verity by Colleen Hoover. I am so excited to talk about this book. I know. We've been talking about wanting to do it for a while, but we felt like it was perfect right now with her just releasing the extra chapter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which we're going to get into it. And I'm really excited because <laughs> of where I started of where, like what I thought of this book. And then after reading that chapter, how I feel. Yeah. It's I, like team magic manuscript or team letter so let us know what you think yes i want to know i love reading people's conspiracies about this book and what they really think yes because it's so it's controversial like what you take from the book is not the same as like what i took from the book Mm -hmm. you know yes Mm -hmm. we do have different points of view on this book so it's going to be fun to get into Mm -hmm. um so it is a suspense novel it's perfect because we're recording this right before halloween as well so spooky season (laughs) it it did get me a few times like i was creeped out dude i was scared (laughs) and i'll tell you once we get to the part i will tell you because i remember i talked to you about it because i was just like i feel like i'm reading a horror movie right now (laughs) and i don't i like i've read stephen king's books but they were years ago so i don't remember how it felt to be scared of a book book. um and it is obviously a romance that is it's not like your typical smut book that we usually cover and read but it does have Mm -hmm. smut in it i have to say this too people say that colleen hoover is a spicy author Mm -hmm. she is not spicy at all so (laughs) when you see colleen hoover saying she's spice it's like this big like this big that's it i remember too um the doctor we work for he's very lds (laughs) because we live in utah he's he's a little bit more like down to earth and like cool Mm -hmm. though and one time i went into his office to ask him a question and i saw him leaving a review and it was verity i was like you read verity and he's like yeah i was like how did you feel about it he was like it was really raunchy and i was like "Mm, not even close so and then a few (laughs) weeks later he came and asked us for book like recommendations and i'm like where the crowd i'm seeing that's and why that's his far as I got free bro because he's like Verity is my line of like where I can handle the sex and I'm just like and then I got him to start reading Perfect Strangers (laughs) I know I was like you dumbass like just skim over the sex scenes like don't even read just when it starts like when they start getting frisky just get out of it because you're gonna go what is wrong with my coworkers? Coworkers, employees I would be scared I'm like please don't fire us because of what we read this that's personal time like we don't read it at work that's why we do He yes. doesn't need to know that. Nope. <laughs> so our trigger warnings. There are no trigger warnings for this book, which is crazy to me. Right. People threw a fit with H.G. Carlton's books. Her books got banned. They had a blatant trigger warning that they are for people 18 like and older. two pages worth of trigger warnings. Yeah. But there's none for this one. And I feel like there should be. 100%. And that's no diss to Colleen Hoover. No. Not at all. I love Colleen Hoover as an author. I've been reading her for a very long time. Mm-hmm. She touches on very hard subjects, and I feel like this one 
this is her darkest book. If you've ever read any of Colleen Hoover's books, this is out of the norm for her. That's why I think this book took me by surprise so much. It's nothing like she's wrote. Like she's more of like, there's heartache and tragedy in her books in all of them, but there's always a happy ending and it's cutesy. This is downright suspenseful thriller. Mm-hmm. So it's just crazy. So yeah. trigger warnings. There is murder and there is very heavy child abuse discussion in it. And they are graphic. Very. I really struggled with this book in those situations mm-hmm. because I do have kids and it was really, really hard to read. Like yeah. physically nauseous. One of the, there was a girl that um, I had met from my mutual friend and she had posted on our story. She was reading this. No, she was reading Ugly Love and I told her to read Verity. And I didn't think about the trigger warnings. She texted me probably two days after she started reading it and she finished it. And she said that that was the hardest part about the book. And I was like, I am so sorry. Like, mm-hmm. I truthfully didn't realize. Like, yeah. So if you're going to recommend this book, I would probably just say, let people know that this is kind of heavy. The child abuse is very heavy in this book. Yeah. Very heavy. Yep. All righty. Ready? Yes. Okay. <laughs> She's so ready. <laughs> I'm really excited. I had to go back and reread this or listen to it yesterday because it's been, what, a year and a mm-hmm. half since we've read this. And I actually got my sister to read this too and so it's been really fun like this is just such a good book to talk about yeah like it i just love it yes okay so it starts off with lil and she's gonna be our main character so we're gonna have pretty much three to four main characters in this Mm -hmm. we're gonna have lowen jeremy verity and crew yes crew is the son yes we'll kind of get into them but that's like the four main and then there is mentions of chastin and harper as well which are also children and anna which is the nurse which we'll get into all of it but just so you have a forewarning of who's who yes okay so the book starts out with lowen being in new york she lives in manhattan her she's broke right Mm -hmm. now literally broke um she's an author and she's on her way to a meeting and the I want to read the first I literally, chapter I wrote it, of this. Oh, I you wrote did? It down, okay, yeah. I won't grab the book. I want you to read the first chapter of this or the first sentence of this book. Oh, uh, what am I doing? I'm going to all of the wrong places. Because this is literally it it, it grabs you. And mm-hmm. it, it you're just like, what the fuck am I reading? Yeah. And if you've like I said, if you've read Colleen Hoover, that's this is out of this is insane. I'm just like, yeah. How the fuck does your brain go from like cutesy happy? tragic to this like what the fuck did you take 100 but she's on that stephen king shit (laughs) right like fuck i just i couldn't believe it okay so it's literally has a number one at the top for chapter one and the first line is i hear the crack of his skull before the splattering of blood reaches me dun 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 what like (laughs) i just i couldn't i i was literally in shock because what Whoa. the fuck are we getting? My belly just made a noise. Oh, I just had okay. a snack. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I don't know. <laughs> I don't got one for that. I'm going to just shut up. Okay. <laughs> Brain. So this is how she starts out this book. That's, that's the whole precedence of this story. Mm-hmm. Okay. For real. So then she talks about how you can hear the pop of his skull and you could just, I could just envision this Literally. whole scene. So this man was on his phone and walked in front of a truck Yes. and Lowen got splattered with blood All over her white shirt. Yeah. And on her way to this meeting, uh-huh. which we don't know this meeting yet. We don't know what it is just yet. So 
This man walks up to her and asks if she's okay because she's fucking covered in this man's blood. She's just like, I don't know. I don't know what to do with my hands. (laughs) So he helps her go to a coffee shop and goes in the bathroom with her and locks the door and helps her clean up. She takes her fucking shirt off in front of him. She's like, all she could think is, I'm not wearing a good bra. I'm like... (laughs) You just got splattered with blood, and that's what you're thinking. Right. Whatever. Um, so they kind of... Wow. I'm so sorry if you can hear my stomach. It is, like, going crazy. I can't hear it. Okay, good. I'm like, I can only hear you, but I've got gnarly headphones. <laughs> Earmuffs. Earmuffs. So he stayed with her the whole time. They clean... He's, and he mentions that he's seen worse. And she's like, well, what's worse? And he said that he pulled his dead daughter, who was eight years old's body out of a lake five months ago, prior to all of this. Um, and Loan explains the worst thing she's ever saw was her mom dead mm-hmm. a week ago. Yeah, her mom died a week ago. Yeah, she had uh, cancer. And he explained that he had to go to a meeting. And as he's leaving, Loan catches sight of his wedding ring. So this is where Lowen finally arrives to the office. Yes. So um, her ex is, his name is Corey, and he is also kind of like her manager. Mm -hmm. So she's a writer, and he had told her that um, she had an opportunity to meet with somebody about writing some books. So that's the meeting that she was on her way to. So he Uh had texted her, giving her the address and everything, and that's why she was out that day. So he told her the meeting was at nine o'clock. He didn't ask her about her mom or anything. And she was just like, okay, well, fuck you. But at this point, their relationship is strictly platonic. They used to fuck and all that stuff, but she cut it off. She's like, no, I'm done. So she gets to the publishing house and she's hoping that it's a good deal. And, um, she really needs the money so she doesn't get evicted because her mom was on hospice and Lowen was trying to put her into like a home to care for her and her mom's like no I'm dying with dignity I want my own bedroom Mm -hmm. so she made her get a two-bedroom apartment not even like a studio like she wanted her own room and she was like when I die you can take all of my money and everything and pay everything off well her mom didn't have any fucking money and told her on her deathbed yeah her last words were like sorry sis like Mm -hmm. here's all my debt yeah have fun fucking asshole right (laughs) so verity is standing in line waiting to figure out um what floor she needs to go to and everything uh, we're not married oh, yet. Oh, Lowen, just kidding, not married. <laughs> I was like, mm, wait, no. Back it up. And all of a sudden, Jeremy's there. And he, she's like, are you, like, following me? What are you doing? He's like, I... Jeremy's the guy from the bathroom. Oh, the I didn't say shop. his name. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's Jeremy. So um, he's like, I have a meeting here. And she's like, so do I. And he's like, 14th floor. She's like, mine's on the 14th floor. And then they start kind of talking. And he's like, I know who you are. Like, your meeting's with me. And she's like, what? <laughs> fucking asshole like quit being so secretive right so um they get into the office and he explains that his wife Verity Crawford she's a very well-known author that's Mm -hmm. in the middle of a series yeah so she was in an accident and she is unable to finish the work that she was in the middle of Mm -hmm. um they give her all the details but Loan is trying to turn away she didn't think she could like fill her shoes right but Jeremy wanted a moment with um and he explained that Verity was in a car accident and that they were trying to keep it quiet um and she was basically a vegetable like she can't finish her books and he had done a lot of research trying to find the perfect author to finish it and he said Verity was a big fan of Lowen's work mm-hmm. so yep. she says that she couldn't go through with this and Jeremy said that Verity loved her and 
like she was her first pick and so they told her that they are lowballing her and to ask for a half of a million yep and they also before going into this meeting she had to sign a um, non-disclosure agreement so mm-hmm. she cannot talk about anything that wasn't because nobody meeting. knows what happened to Verity yet so Lone kind of went home decided she was going to take the contract and explained everything to Corey oops I talk too much with my hands pulled under my mic <laughs> um, and that she's going to go stay at his house because she's got to go into Verity's office to get into her mind and figure out if she's even had any outlines for these books like she's got to get into writer mode at this point Mm -hmm. and he's telling her that she's dumb for doing it but whatever she's getting evicted from her apartment she's putting all her stuff in storage and um lowen looked into his daughter's death one of the twins died from allergic reactions and one of them drowned so So there was twins two kids that have passed away yeah okay she looked into verity's car accident there is absolutely no skid marks nothing so So, she's wondering if she fell asleep or if she meant to do it this book i'm so excited (laughs) to talk about all of this because like just listening to this i'm I will go into it, but the first time I read this, I had one thought of how I felt. And then I listened to it yesterday and I was just like, I think I changed my mind. Right? Yep. So Lowen leaves and she heads to Verity and Jeremy's house. Mm-hmm. She arrives on Sunday. She had listened to Verity's books on the way down there. Verity does a different aspect of point of view for this. She writes from the villain's point of view. Mm-hmm. And that scared Lowen more because she's like, how am I supposed to get into her brain doing a villain? Like, she's already scared of writing her books, but then you do it from the antagonist point of view, and it's just... She's never done that. Yep. So, she arrives, and before she can get out of the car, a kid is standing at her door, just staring at her. No smiling, no waving, nothing. And it's creepy. Like, (laughs) it really is fucking creepy. Like, this book just sets the precedent of scary. Because he's five, and I have a five-year-old, and he is like hi hi what's your name and so if i if i just pictured him just i would be like oh my god what is wrong with you are you <laughs> you're so creepy you're so creepy that's <laughs> the shining going on with the twins Red mom. yep so i know he slammed the door in her face at one point too so she knocked again and jeremy finally opens the door he takes her to verity's office and is very insistent that she stay in the house mm-hmm So she agrees because she doesn't have any fucking money to stay in a hotel. She can't go anywhere. She's applied for an apartment, but still waiting on it. Um, This is when Jeremy explains that Verity has a nurse. So they're going to give her a pen name so they don't know her real identity. Mm -hmm. And they come up with Lara Chase. It's not in my notes, but I do remember that. (laughs) They named it off like street signs where she grew up. Um, So he gives her a tour of the house and they go into Verity's room. This bitch. <laughs> Verity is in the bed with her eyes open. And then when they finally get into the office, he, Jeremy said that he has never read her books after the first one. So he's never read Verity's books at this point. Just the first one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that. Thanks. And so he leaves her low and starts going through it. And she finds the manuscript, which is an autobiography, which is what, well, Lowen thinks it's an autobiography. Mm -hmm. And on the first 
page, it said there is terrible things you will read. Yeah. On the first page, she does mention that it is an autobiography. So oh. that's probably why Lowen is like, oh, okay. So this is when we get into the manuscript. So the manuscript, I believe, has 16 chapters. I'm pretty sure it has 16. I think so. And But it does skip through a couple chapters because yeah. Lowen is just like we'll get into it but she needs to figure out what's going on mm-hmm. so the first chapter in the manuscript it goes into the first time that Verity and Jeremy had met mm-hmm. so Verity was poor she stole a dress from Macy's and she worked cleaning um, office buildings and she had found an invitation in the trash to a charity event yep. so she's like fuck it free booze I got an invitation like let's go maybe I can get some dick that's exactly what this bitch was <laughs> yeah. going for so she shows up she I love how she talks about, she's like, men, like women, when they go to these events, they want their boobs to look good. They want like their bodice Mm -hmm. to be shown off. She's like, that's not what men look at when they look at you in a dress. Like they want to see how easy it's going to be to take off of you. And that was her dress that night was like super easy. So throughout the night, she's a couple Moscow, Moscow mules in and she notices Jeremy. He's looking at her and she's like, he's the mouse and I'm the cheese. Like, I'm not going to chase him. So she just starts kind of like ignoring him. And then he walks up to the bar and he's like water for her for the rest of the night. And she's like, the fuck? Who do you think you are? And he's (laughs) like, well, I want to, when I take you home, I want you to be sober. And so she's just like, hmm, interesting. So they leave. She thinks he's this rich dude. He brings her to his limo and they get in. (laughs) And they're talking and flirting and stuff like that. And then he goes, yeah, this isn't my limo. And she's like, what? No, the limo driver got into the fucking limo. Well, he tells her before and then the limo driver gets in. I was like, wait. Yeah. Yeah. So then the limo driver gets in and they are like young teenagers again, like running away. And he takes her to her Honda or his Honda Civic. They go get food from the steak and shake. Mm -hmm. And then they go back to his apartment and fuck like bunnies. And at that point, she had had plenty of one night, one night stands, but she had never like felt a connection to somebody, but she really felt a connection to Jeremy. So that's kind of like the beginning of their love story. Mm -hmm. Yep. And they go like, she's obsessed. Mm -hmm. Literally. Like, I honestly, from the way that everything describes that, I would dare say it's like mentally insanely obsessed with oh, him. Oh, yeah. It's she, just like at the end of that chapter, she goes, little did I know that something would take him away from me or like make him love me less or I don't know. It, she Something wanted like it some way, but she was literally obsessed with his love. Yeah. So after reading the first chapter, Lowen feels guilty. She's like, maybe I shouldn't read this. Like this is kind of wrong yeah intimate yeah so Lone goes to the kitchen and she heard the bed <laughs> and it sounds like somebody's having sex and all Lone can think is that Jeremy's up there sleeping with his vegetable <laughs> wife and I was freaking out I read this chapter at work and I was like Tisha what the fuck like what is going on I don't want to read this <laughs> But then Jeremy is talking behind her and he was like, sorry, if it bugs you, I can turn it off. It's Verity's bed moving. So it relieves the pressure point. So she doesn't get sores and mm-hmm. everything. And she was like, no, it's okay. Like doesn't need to do that. And he said that her wreck was not long after Harper died and that she'd only been at home a couple of weeks. Lowen asked how they met to try and confirm if this manuscript is the truth or if she's just writing it to write it. Mm-hmm. And he confirmed everything. It was the truth. Yeah. So Lowen goes back into the office and she decides to read the second chapter of the manuscript. So this is the second chapter of the manuscript. Mm -hmm. So um, 
So Verity starts writing the manuscript, um, or starts describing in the manuscript how she had her own apartment, but she hadn't paid rent in like two months. She had been with Jeremy like nonstop for the past six months. Mm -hmm. They hadn't spent a night away from each other. Um, And one time when they're having sex, um, he says, move in with me. And she's like, well, I, he's like, break your leash. She's like, I can't do that. And he's like, why? She's like, cause I broke it two months ago. And he's like caught off guard by this. He's like, whoa, we've been living together without me ever like asking you to live with me. She's like, what, like, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. And so he gets over it and they're fucking again. And, oh wait, I skipped a part. So yeah, Jeremy had to go away for work and she missed him so much that to help with her time away from him because she was so obsessed with him, she started writing. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how her author career took off. So she started writing these books and when he got home, he had found the manuscript for one of the books. And she's like, don't read that. And he's like, I'm gonna fucking read it. She's like, no, it's not ready. And he's like, I don't care. So he grabs it from her. He's like holding it up so she can't get it. And he goes into the bathroom, locks himself in there and he starts reading it. Mm -hmm. So like, she's like, what the fuck ever. So she gets in bed, falls asleep. Two hours later, he comes out and he is just like, holy shit, like you are gonna be famous. This is amazing. And they have sex. And while they're having sex, he proposes. And they are so in the moment, they didn't use a condom. And Verity becomes pregnant that night. So instead of it being what she says it in a way is, instead of it being her engagement night, it's the day she got pregnant. And Mm -hmm. this is when her resentment has started. Yeah, she's already resenting these children because it took away from their special moment. And she never wanted to be a mom. Yeah. Because it would have taken the love of Jeremy away from Verity. Yeah. What a fucked up (laughs) storyline. So the next day, Lowen is in the office. This is the part that I lost it. Oh, it is. I can literally picture it in my brain so good. I can too. And this part of the book is where I got scared. Mm -hmm. I was like, I can't read this, Tisha. If it's going to be like this, (laughs) I don't want to read it. Because it literally gave me the chills. So Lowen's in the office. Now the office has big windows surrounding it and it's out on the backyard so mm-hmm. she can see the lake the um dock and the deck right here mm-hmm. is how i envisioned that yeah so april which is verity's nurse had her outside you called her anna earlier Fuck, i just realized it? that it's april you're right it's april anna's from mk <laughs> this is why we don't record back to back it's april two a names it's Fuck. fine it's fine okay so she has her out back and she was reading to her and Verity's head's kind of just like slumped, right? Yeah, and she even mentions like, if she keeps her head in that position, she's gonna get like a stiff neck. Yeah. So April walked away and her head is just hanging there and all Lowen can I'm think- I'm gonna act it while you talk you about it. So she's like, her brain is just like egg yolk at this point. Like, is she a vegetable? Can she hear things? Like Lowen just feels bad for having these thoughts, but it's the truth. Like what, what, what's going on inside of her? When she looked up again, Verity is staring at her. <laughs> I just picture her head like this. Right. Just, and then then she, so she's staring at her. They, their eyes are locked in on each other. And it was just like, it is literally like, I just picture her. You look at her and she's looking straight ahead. And then you look away and you look back and she's like, oh my gosh. Right. And it's like, it does this bitch. Is she pissed off because I'm in her office? Like, does she know I'm reading the manuscript? Like, Like, she isn't supposed to know anything. She's supposed to be brain dead. Yeah. So it's like, the fuck, man? Yeah. There's so, not wind hard enough to fucking blow your goddamn head to the side, <laughs> right? So, Lowen moves, and she 
how, as she describes this is Verity's eyes are like the Mona Lisa. Mm-hmm. They follow her. And I'm like, <laughs> bitch, I've seen I've seen enough horror movies. Fuck this shit. Yeah. I'm out. That's a big old nope. Yeah. So she goes to like the doorway and Verity's eyes don't follow her. And she's like, oh, thank God. Yeah. So she gets a phone call and it's the apartment she applied for. She can't get the apartment because of her eviction that was on there. Lo and behold, Journey hears all of this. Of course. Yep. So he just told her that it's okay to stay, like she's fine, and to come outside. So she goes outside with Jeremy, and then April, the nurse, comes out, and she catches Lowen checking out Jeremy. And she kind of, like, I don't want to say scolds her, but is not nice to her. April is not a nice person to Verity. Nope, to Lowen. No, not at all. I was like, wait, I had to follow you. Um, I... I'm going to say how I feel at the end about April. Okay. Because I don't want to ruin anything just yet. Okay. We're going to ruin it later, though. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Um, And so she put Verity in bed and says she's going to leave for the night. So as Lowen's sitting outside, Crew is waving. So Lowen waves back to Crew, but she realizes he wasn't waving to her. He was waving at the window. So she's like, what the fuck? Because it was at Verity's bedroom. So she goes out to see and Verity's curtains are moving. And she's like, freaks the fuck out because she's like, is this bitch? Like, she can't get out of bed. She's supposed to be dead. Like, mm-hmm. vegetable, brain dead, whatever. How, the nice way to say it is brain dead. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys. And so she goes upstairs to see what's going on, like why they were moving. Verity's in her bed. The TV was off, which April had said she left the TV on. And there was a fan. So Lowen just chalks it up to that's why the, the curtains were moving. Yep. So, Lowen gets back into the manuscript, um, chapter three. So, Verity is pregnant, and she explains that she's three months along, and she is starting to show a little bit, and she is not fucking happy about this. Like, she goes into a tangent about how her mom grew up not caring about herself, which made her also not care about Verity's body. Right. Like, give her cookies, chips, blah, blah, blah. Um... And so she would work out two to three times a day. Well, one to two times a day. And she just really valued her body and the fact that she is getting a little bit pudgy, even though it's a baby. She was just like not happy about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So she just feels gross. She's like, he is not going to want to like sleep with me anymore. And he comes in and he's just telling her that she's never looked more beautiful. Um, And he lays his head on her stomach and it grumbles and he's like you need to eat and she's like I'm not hungry he's like yeah you need to eat like I need to feed my girls Mm -hmm. and she is just like physically nauseous about that she's like his girls he hasn't even fucking met them and it's a blob he doesn't even know if it's a boy or girl and he's like I have a feeling that it's a girl so over the next few weeks Jeremy just gets more and more obsessed with Verity like she was with him Mm -hmm. and they find out at the doctor's appointment their second one she's having twins And they are both girls. Yep. And she's like, so not only do I have to fight for my love for one person, now two, I'm going to be his number three. Like, and this Mm -hmm. is just destroying Verity inside. She is so jealous of her babies because she feels like Jeremy's going to love them more. Mm -hmm. And she asks him, like, do you love them more than me? And he says yes. And that's the response that he thought she wanted to hear right but little did he know that was the tip of the iceberg for her (laughs) with the babies like she already had this resentment towards them now she's done yeah 
Yeah. And this is when it starts getting pretty graphic. So she literally makes it her goal to do anything to Miss Carrie. Yeah. So she, that night, she was so heartbroken about what he said. She says she has to go to the bathroom and she goes in and gets a wire hanger. And yes, you kind of get where it goes from there. Yeah. Um, she starts taking sleeping pills. She starts drinking wine when he's not looking. Mm-hmm. And it's just disgusting. disgusting. And it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Like she was bleeding and her stomach was cramping and stuff, but it didn't work. Yeah. Her attempt did not work. After she was done with the wire hanger, she had blood dripping down her legs and she got back in bed. So Jeremy could find her. Yeah. Like how fucked up is yeah. that? She wants that, what's the word? That comfort from him. She wants his attention. Yeah. And she's fighting for it. That's the way that she feels like she's going to get it. Yep. Ugh. So Lowen at this point has put down the manuscript because she's absolutely disgusted. How could you not be after reading that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she went to the fridge to get a drink and Jeremy was in the kitchen and she's like shaking and she's like, is there any alcohol in this house? So he pours her Coke and rum. No, whiskey. Um, Crown. That's what it was. <laughs> and um, got her a drink. She takes a huge gulp at first. And then she asks if there's ever a chance of Verity making a full recovery. And he explains that there isn't. She isn't paralyzed, but her brain isn't normal. Um but he had to stop because crew had come downstairs. And so Jeremy leaves to go take her to bed. Loman was looking at the family pictures and realizes that one of the twins has a scar and it's, um, Jeremy came down and explained at this point that the scar was there when she was born and asked if both of them had an allergy or just Chaston. But Loman fucked up because she wasn't supposed to know that. That's when she did her research and she was like, fuck. So, um, Jeremy just was like, okay, it's fine. He asked Lowen how she got her hand, the scar on her hand, which she explained she sleepwalks, um, and that she was found one morning outside, which is why she puts locks on the inside of her door. And Jeremy did do that for her so she could feel secure for herself. Safe, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the next few days, Lowen didn't read the manuscript. Um, it was just making her really unsteady, which... It made me unsteady, too. (laughs) Um, She felt better and more comfortable. um, Not very scared of Verity, Mm -hmm. which, bitch, you should be scared of Verity. She's kind of (laughs) creepy. Yeah. After reading this book, I don't know if I could ever, like, not being mean, because I could be, but it makes you hesitant to want to, if you ever got put in the position to be in a house with somebody who was in this state, because then you would just think all the scary things and trick your mind into being scared. And I literally watched Insidious last night, where the little boys all posted up, like, in a coma. (laughs) Okay. No. Um, So, Jeremy asks Loan if she needs anything from the store, and she says yes, so she decides to go with him. And while... (laughs) So... Um, while they're at Target, there's two women there, and they glare at Lowen um, while she approached, and they finally asked who she was, and Jeremy introduced her. They explained that they are Verity's friends, and that Lowen is there working with Verity to um, finish the book. Yeah, don't mind that. It was late. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Lowen tries to walk away, and one of the friends stop, or Lowen and Jeremy try to walk away, and one of the friends stopped them and told her to tell Verity hello, because they don't know what's happened to Verity. It's a big hush-hush secret. Right. He told her that he would and to tell Sherman hello which is her husband and she said no. Sherman's her lover. Oh right. So she says my husband is William and Jeremy said that and he gets confused. What? 
Jeremy said, tell Sherman hello. And she says, my husband's name is William. And oh. he's like, oh, sorry, I get confused. Okay, okay, okay. Because she's obviously cheating on him. So, yeah. Um, Lowen asks what it's all about. And Jeremy explains the situation. And mm-hmm. Lowen is starting to kind of get a crush on Jeremy. You know... Lowen's a little batshit crazy herself. Yeah, I could see that. Like, I could understand getting a crush on Jeremy. He sounds like a wonder. Yeah. Yeah. For now. (laughs) So when they get back, Lowen's in the office and Jeremy was outside working, I think, working on the deck. Mm -hmm. The, what is it called? It's not a deck. It's a dock. Dock. That one. Um, And Lowen got caught staring at him. And he just stared at her. And then all of a sudden, there's a scream that comes through. So she runs up to Verity's room, and there was a knife on the ground, as well as Crew, who is bleeding. And he told her that his mommy told him that he wasn't supposed to touch her knife. And Lowen asked Crew if Verity talks to him, but before he could answer it, Jeremy came in and takes him to the bathroom. He looks at it. And Lowen had explained um, that there was a knife, but Crew said that he didn't have a knife, that he just fell off the bed. So when Lowen goes back upstairs, so it's not there, right? Right. So there's no knife anywhere. But Lowen knows she saw this. She knows she is not fucking crazy. Like, yeah. So she went to go, she got, she went to get up off the bed because she literally looked everywhere in this room under the bed, everywhere. When she gets up, Verity is staring at her. (laughs) Fucking creepy. (laughs) Creepy, dude. And she got out of there and closed the door. And Jeremy asked if she grabbed the knife and Lowen explained that it wasn't there. So he's like, I'll go look. So Lowen gets back into the manuscript, chapter four. And Verity is saying that nothing worked and that when they were in the hospital and she had the babies, it was a C-section. One of the babies had a scar on her face. Mm -hmm. She's like, well, at least I scratched one of them. It didn't work, though. And I was just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like, so um, she would be or she would pretend to be asleep. So when the like pediatrician came in and stuff like she didn't have to interact with him Mm -hmm. and she didn't want to be a part of the baby's lives, mm-hmm. but she loved seeing Jeremy as a dad. Right. Um, so he's holding one of the babies and she's just like, okay, I guess I should probably like at least pretend. So she says, Hey, will you hand me the scarred one? And he's like, huh? Yeah. She's like, well, we haven't picked out names yet. I'm sorry. Like that was the only way there only way to like know the difference between mm-hmm. the two, like trying to cover her tracks. Right. And so she's starts holding the baby and She's like, we should name this one Chastin because of the scar on her face and that one Harper. And those were two of the names that Jeremy had continuously said that he liked. And that's the reason why she chose him. Um, So Chastin, the one that she's holding, she starts getting fussy. You know, she's getting hungry. The nurse comes in and she's like, it seems like that she's hungry. And she's like, are you breastfeeding? And Verity's like, no, no. I'm doing formula. And Mm -hmm. Jeremy's like, I think that you should at least try. And the nurse is like, here, I'll help you. She's like, how am I supposed to feed two babies? She's like, it's actually a lot easier than you would think. So she starts to breastfeed and she just feels absolutely disgusted. She's like, Jeremy has sucked on my titties like this. (laughs) Sucking on my titties like he wanted me. (laughs) Okay. Um, And so she just panics and goes, I don't want to do this. And Jeremy supports her and he says, okay, well, let's just go get the formula. Like, that's fine. And Verity felt like he had, like, she felt good that he, to know that he was on her side. Right. And she felt like she was intruding 
like with him and the kids like having a father-daughter moment and mm-hmm. so he starts crying about the girls and that he's never loved him anything so much and that just cuts her she's like i yep. loved you that much and you didn't love me that much yep so Lauren's pissed after reading this and that's because she had hope that Verity would love the girls like truthfully they're born mm-hmm. yeah and so Lauren's in the kitchen later going through a box of pictures trying to get to know the family and Jeremy walked in and she asked why Harper never smiled and Jeremy explains that Harper was diagnosed with Asperger's which I believe is a form of autism correct I have no fucking clue I think something like that it, it just makes the kids not react in their emotions they react in their own way and they have to do things like a certain way yes one of our family friends daughter has Asperger's and it's been it's an interesting disease of what how they react and how they are so she's just not your normal child who has those reactions they're different that's the best way to put it um, she was diagnosed when she was three. So they are going through all of them. And Jeremy's explaining that Harper was more protective of Chastin and that Harper was special to him because he knew that she couldn't express herself. Mm-hmm. But Jeremy knew her cues and her signs that she needed certain things and that. Um, Lowen asked how Jeremy was and he said that when Chastin died he was torn apart but when Harper died that's when his world died and when Verity happened when all of that happened he was very pissed off at Verity like just pissed pissed okay Lowen had given Jeremy a hug because she felt bad for him like his story is just truthfully sad um but they kind of pulled apart and right before they were about to kiss crew came into it and he got pissed because all of the pictures are out and he just started putting them back in the box because he doesn't want to see them mm-hmm. he's so hurt and he's five yeah and dealing with two sisters death and his mom being a vegetable now yeah yeah so um now the house just feels terrible do you want me to do this so you can do that? Or I do don't you care. care. That's okay. okay. I was just Whatever like, works. I'm going to keep going. I know the manuscript and the letter more. Okay. That's why I figured we'll just get this totally out if we can. Um, so at night, it feels jumpy and scary. Like eerie is the best way to put this. Yeah. Um, so April's talking in the kitchen and Lowen goes into the kitchen to see that April's feeding Verity. Um, Lowen tried to make conversation with April, um, and April answers talking to Verity, not even Lowen. And April asked if she could have a conversation with Lowen and explained it's very rude to talk about somebody in that state while they're sitting there. In front of them, yeah. Yeah, because she, you still need to act like they're a human. Um, and Crew runs in showing, trying to show Verity a turtle. And he's so excited about this turtle, but she doesn't do anything, obviously. She's in a vegetable state. Yeah. So Lowen walked over, was like showing showing Lowen the turtle. They get him something to hold it in. And Jeremy's outside working on the dock. And Crew asks if they can go to dinner. So they go to dinner and just kind of have like a real bonding moment kind of it's a good night for them yeah and but they make it back before god april leaves <laughs> um for the night so he can be there for verity yes so as soon as they get home lowen goes back into the office and picks up the manuscript again chapter five um so verity is she felt like she was gonna have a mental breakdown as the girls start crying and 
she just felt like she was never going to get her life back because right. it was like every time one of the girls was hungry, the other one was fine. But then as soon as that one was satisfied, the other one eat it. So it was like they were two single parents, two infant mm-hmm. daughters. Yep. And things started getting better when Jeremy decided to go back to work. So she would wake up when he would wake or when the girls would wake up and she would pretend that she was loving with them. And then when he left for work, she would put them in their crib, close and lock the door. And then she would go back into her room, put headphones on and sleep all day while he was at work, while the girls just cried in their crib. Yep. And so right before he would get home, she would pick them up, bathe them, feed them so that they were happy and content when he got home. And then she'd start making dinner. So in his mind, he comes home seeing that she's handling being a mom really, really well. When in reality, she is neglecting these children throughout the day. The story within the manuscript is like one of those stories you would listen to on Thornton's Go. Yeah. 100%. It's disgusting. Mm -hmm. And he's like awesome. Like, Mm -hmm. this is fucking great. And she's like, hey, I love you. And I know that we're supposed to wait six weeks before we can have sex, but like, I really need sex. And he's like, nope, not until you're cleared. So she ends up giving him a blowjob. Which leads to sex. Yeah. But that's her attachment to him. Mm -hmm. And that's the saddest part about it is like, there's more to their relationship than sex, but Verity can't see that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Loan just keeps having a hard time reading the manuscript that the further she gets into it, she's just thinking Verity's a fucking psychopath. And I agree with her like 100%. Who leaves their fucking kids in a crib all day? So Jeremy asked her to um, help get an aquarium from downstairs so crew could have it first turtle. Um, After Loan showers, she gets into bed and sees Verity's bite marks on the headboard. That is something she did when she and Jeremy had sex is bites the headboard. And it's just fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, I would rather bite my person that I'm having sex with than a headboard. Yeah, yeah. My like, teeth are too precious for that shit. Right? We were gentle, though, so we're like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she turns over in her bed and is, like, thinking of what it would be like to be Verity. And that's what Loan thought about when she went to bed. It's so creepy. Yeah. So when Loan wakes up, she knows she's in Jeremy's house, but she can hear different sounds. Oh, I remember she's this part. In normal. And it's not the colors of her room. It's yellow like the upstairs bedroom. She is fucking in bed with Verity. <laughs> like, I would what literally the kiss myself. But Loan sleepwalks, but her door was supposed to be locked. Mm-hmm. Locked. So she screams. And Jeremy comes running in, like, what's wrong? Takes her back to the bedroom, kind of calms her down. And she explains that she had taken two Xanax earlier and went to bed. But she had locked herself in there, so she doesn't understand. And she's like, I have to get out of the house. Like, what if I hurt crew? What if I do things? And he was like, I'll put a lock on the outside of your door. I'll lock it before you go to bed or right when you're going to bed and wake up before you and unlock it so you can do it. If you ever want out, just text me. Mm-hmm. And... She, at this point, explains to Jeremy that they had watched it on a security camera of how she broke her wrist and how she had gotten her cigar. She had left her room, stood on a railing outside of their house, not swaying, still as bored, and then all of a sudden just jumped off of it mm-hmm. and goes back to her room, and she's dripping blood from her wrist. Her own mother was terrified of her, but she put three locks on her door. Like, it, 
to me that was just like what the fuck like yeah. how could you i don't know i i'm not a sleepwalker i did it one time when i was a kid so i don't understand that you know but yeah creepy that is super fucking yeah. creepy and when they get done with the story jeremy lays down with lowen to keep her like comfy she's like super freaked out yeah yep and so that to me was just like both bitches are fucking crazy <laughs> right now yeah okay so lowen goes back to the manuscript chapter six um so it's been six months since the girls were born and verity just wants to run away but she knows that she can't leave jeremy and jeremy won't leave the girls they're like a package deal mm-hmm. and so she just doesn't feel like she is a part of her own family so one night verity is sleeping and she has a dream that she walks into the room and harper is holding a pillow over chastin's face and she goes over grabs harper removes the pillow and it's not chastin's face it's like a smooth mm-hmm. like porcelain kind of mm-hmm. face and when she wakes up she's in a panic mm-hmm. and she felt like a true sense of grief and loss and she's like holy shit am i making a connection mm-hmm. at least with chastin yep and so she also feels like it wasn't a dream it was more of a premonition and so in her head she creates this scenario where chastin isn't going to live for very long and harper's going to be the one to kill her so she is just super fucking freaked out by this so jeremy wakes up she gives him a blowjob but in the middle of it the girls start crying and she tells him like i'll go check on him like because he usually does it all the time and now that she feels like she has this connection with chastin she's like i want to Mm -hmm. so she goes into the room and it's not chastin that's crying it's harper and she just feels absolutely fucking like ew i don't want to deal with you like Mm -hmm. i'm so annoyed that it's you so she goes over to chastin's crib where she's sleeping and she picks chastin up and sits down in the rocking chair and starts rocking her Mm -hmm. but harper's still screaming Mm -hmm. and verity is thinking like god shut the fuck up you're giving me a headache Mm -hmm. so she puts chastin back in her crib she doesn't wake up and she's thinking like oh my gosh she really is like the best baby so she goes over to harper and she's looking at her and she's thinking I can't suffocate her because they won't pass that off as SIDS because they'll be able to tell. Because she knows she's done her research on SIDS and everything. She's like, but if she like chokes on her own vomit or something, then maybe that will pass off. So she starts sticking her fingers down Harper's throat um, until Harper basically stops screaming. She's just like kind of, oh my God, it gets into so much detail and it makes me sick to my stomach. Anyways, um, Jeremy comes in to check and she immediately pulls her fingers out and grabs Harper and, oh, sorry, and puts her head to her chest mm-hmm. to stifle the sound of Harper gasping for air. Mm-hmm. So then she's like, I've done everything. I don't know what to do. She won't stop crying. And as she lifts her up, Harper pukes all over Verity. And Jeremy is just like, holy shit, like what's going on? And Mm -hmm. so he grabs Harper from Verity and he doesn't even give a shit that she's been puked on, which I'm sorry. I wouldn't either. I don't give a fuck. But Harper was screaming like she's never screamed before. Obviously. Yeah. Like unconsolable. Like, Mm -hmm. and something was wrong. I don't care. Like if my kid was puking and acting like that, I wouldn't be like, oh my gosh, you got puked in. Are you okay? I'd be like, holy fuck. Like what's going on with yes. the kid right but very is not a normal parent no, so lowen had to get out of the house she felt fucking sick by what she just read 
obviously if yeah. you have a heart you would yeah yeah so the next few chapters of her manuscript she didn't talk about harper only chastin and jeremy she didn't start talking about harper until the age of three um, and Jeremy went to get low and took her outside for a shower meter. Out. So they kind of like had this little moment outside Did watching me. shower meter? Meter shower. Meteor shower. Meteor. <laughs> shower meter. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Dude, my brain is fucked up. Okay. So, um, Lone was trying, like, trying to keep the manuscript out of the conversation because she felt like she needed to protect him from all of the horrible things that Verity said and did in this. Mm-hmm. And so they went to bed and Jeremy stopped her before she closed the door and told her that he had lied, that he never read, Ver- that Verity never read her books. He admitted it. He admitted that he did it and that it was phenomenal. And that is why the, he told the publisher to get her, that her writing matters. Wow. Tinder. So, um, back to the manuscript, chapter seven. I know these ones are, the manuscript is rough, you guys. It is rough. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to get through it. But, so, Jeremy is upset with Verity because she had put the girls into daycare without talking to him. Mm-hmm. They did have a nanny prior to moving, and it was nice because she didn't have to take care of them as often. Yeah. Um, Jeremy was still worried about... Um, Chastin's peanut allergy and she told him like the daycare knows like I've been very very clear with them so like she should be okay so during dinner she tried to make a small talk about the girls but she kept talking about Chastin and nothing about Harper and Jeremy got pissed off and he stormed away um, and she just kept asking him like what the fuck is going on and he grabs his plate of food and slams it into the wall Um, and Jeremy calls her out saying that she only talks about Chastin and not Harper and that one day Harper's gonna notice like the girls are older now. I think they're like five or six at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Or maybe three. Because I think I it just remember. I can't remember. But anyways, um, Harper's going to notice as the girls are getting older. And she said, oh, I don't talk about Chaston more. It's just that Chaston is smarter and does things first compared to Harper. Mm-hmm. And she relates more to Chaston where he relates more to Harper. And so it's like they need the different parenting styles or something. And Harper's mm-hmm. parenting style is being a little bit more distant or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That doesn't make sense to me, but <laughs> being a mom, but she was bullshitting out of her ass because oh, 100%. she knew she was fucked. Yeah. Cause he yeah. had been catching on to her. Mm-hmm. Um, so Verity, um, had remembered that the daycare worker should have tested her for Asperger's because she's again, bullshitting out of her ass. Mm-hmm. She's like, maybe this will make him forget about it because he's mentioned a couple times the Asperger's. And so if she brings it in that the daycare worker had said that he'll be a little bit more accepting of the daycare that they caught on to that. And they're paying that much attention to the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so she said that she, he doesn't have to work anymore because she's making enough money, um, being an author and that he could stay home with the three kids. And he's like, Whoa, wait a second. Are you pregnant? She tells him yes, but she is not. She's lying about it. Oh, this whole situation. All righty, here we go. So, Lowen's kind of getting bored because at this point, Verity in the manuscript is just talking about their sex life, and Lowen's getting jealous. (laughs) (sighs) So, and at this point, Lowen's been there for about two weeks. She's burnt out. She wants to go to the living room and watch TV. And the next day after this is her birthday, but she doesn't plan on telling Jeremy this because she's just like, what the fuck ever, right? 
Jeremy comes downstairs and joins her to watch TV and kind of sits in the middle of the couch and they're talking and Lowen does admit that her birthday is tomorrow so he left to go make her birthday cake. Makes this chick a fucking birthday cake and comes in the room with a little slice and candle in it at midnight telling her happy birthday. It's so cute. It is cute, but I'm like... Your wife's upstairs, yes. man. <laughs> and, and it's hard because you can't blame him because if he's never going to get the connection that a human nature needs, you can't blame him, yeah. right? Yeah. But they start kissing and things are about to take the turn where Lowen's taking her shirt off. They're getting hot and heavy on the couch. And Lowen's underneath Jeremy staring at the stairs. And when she looks up, Verity is standing there. At with the top her of the stairs. fucking fist clenched. Yeah, she is she's pissed. Like... And she's like yelling at Jeremy to get off. And she, all she's saying is Verity. And Jeremy's like, you're right. We shouldn't do this. And she's like, no. She was standing at the top of the fucking stairs, bro. Like, go check on her. Mm-hmm. So he goes and looks. And she's like... She's in her bed. Like, it's okay. She's exhausted. But he stayed with her that night. Yeah. But I'm like, what the fuck? And Lowen did ask Jeremy what the chances were of her faking this injury. And Jeremy's like, she can't. Like, I saw the scans. Like, I know that that bitch is brain dead. Like, she cannot do that. He and that call she, her a bitch, but no. I, no. <laughs> I just don't like Verity. But he said that she wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. That is one thing. So the next day, Lowen doesn't really know what to think. She just kind of kept working and Jeremy said that he got a lock for her door, for Verity's door, so they know that she's in her room. Lowen is struggling to give him the manuscript so he understands that Verity would do something like that and that she is no, she knows she's capable of it. So Lowen goes back to reading the manuscript. So Verity is saying that she's not pregnant, but this is the manuscript. I think we just said that. Anyways, <laughs> she's um, saying in the manuscript that she's not pregnant, but she has about a week to get pregnant so that he doesn't know that she's lying to him. Mm-hmm. So she does get pregnant two weeks after telling him that she is and um, that she was doing so well with the job that she could hire a full-time nanny and that she would travel for, jo- travel for jobs, but um, sometimes she would lie and say that yeah. she had a job, but she would literally go stay in a B&B for a week yeah. and just like watch TV and chill. But when she would get home, Jeremy gave her a lot of attention and that was all that she ever craved. So everything was perfect until it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So she was in the kitchen washing chicken one day. The and fucking chicken. I know, she literally <laughs> is just like, I could have been doing anything, but I was washing fucking chicken. But Jeremy had gotten a phone call that Chastin um, had peanuts at a sleepover and the girls decided that they wanted a late night snack and they didn't realize that it had peanuts in it Mm -hmm. and immediately Verity knows what happens and so she's just immediately blaming Harper so on the way to hospital all she could think about is how Harper did it Um, she knew that Harper was going to do this and she hated how Jeremy had taken this what this disconnected from her she hated how it had taken Jeremy from her because he disconnected oh, yeah. from her. Okay, yeah. Um, because, I, I mean, obviously their child just died. Right. And it was the one that Verity had that connection with. Mm-hmm. So she really just wanted the old Jeremy back. Um, he was turning her down during sex. And she had explained that she knew that this would happen. Had um, years readying herself for this with that premonition that she had in quotation marks. Right. And she feels like she should have prevented this by killing Harper beforehand. 
I can't. Like, I just, getting in that kind of a mindset, like, kudos to Colleen Hoover for writing these fucked up scenes because reading it is really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, 100%. As a, and I'm not even a parent yet, but to, ha- to be a human and understand the emotions of being a parent or loving something so much to where it would be a parent, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. So the next day, Verity was watching Will of Fortune and April nurse said that she was going to let Jeremy put her to bed. Um, so Lohan tries to fucking throw like a wooden ball at her and Verity <laughs> doesn't move. Like this bitch is either a dead ass vegetable or a good actor. How would you even act that though? Like if I have something flying at my face, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to just like, right. I'm like, uh-huh. right. <laughs> I don't know. (laughs) So there's only two chapters left after this. So she's praying she doesn't find a fucking part two. Lone's making dinner and it it was her birthday. And after a minute, she realizes that she hasn't heard the TV in a while. So she, all she thinks is if this bitch turned off the TV, she's leaving the fucking house. (laughs) And I laugh because I'm like, really? So the TV's still on, but it's on mute. So Lowen told Verity that she's a fucking cunt and that, and throws the remote out of her reach. She turned the sound on and was like, fuck this. So she bent down in front of her and said that she doesn't deserve to be in the body that she, that she has, but she does deserve to die on her own vomit like she tried to do to her own daughter. No response from Verity, so Lowen bends down closer to her ear and says that Jeremy's going to fuck her tonight in their bed. And Verity pees. <laughs> Straight up pisses yes. herself. And she's in a diaper, but Lowen's just like, God. And I'm, she's like, I scared the piss out of this bitch. <laughs> so Jeremy asks Lowen what's wrong, and she's like, she just peed. So he takes her upstairs. Whatever. And Lowen, at this point, is trying to tell Jeremy to put Verity in a facility so Jeremy can live his life because mm-hmm. he shouldn't have to live like this with her. Yeah. And But Lowen's coming from this side of it, not Jeremy's side, because he hasn't read the manuscript. Yeah. So I'm waiting and Jeremy explained that he just couldn't do it to crew because he's lost everything. He lost both of his sisters and his mom. Um, and she said, she tells him again, like you deserve it. And he said, the only thing he wants is her. So this is where they start making out and go to the the master bedroom, which is where Lowen is staying. They have sex and Lowen bites the headboard and he doesn't come in her yet. 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 So they have sex all night and all morning, and she explained to um, that her, to Jeremy that her ex was her agent. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> so Lowen asked what her relationship was, what his relationship was like with Verity, and he explains that the sex is amazing, but there con- he always felt like there was a connection not there. Like, it, it was, but it wasn't. You know, mm-hmm. like, they were never on the same page. Um, but he did feel that connection a few weeks ago, and it was with Lowen in the bathroom. That's so cute. When they first met with blood. Blood. Yep. So they both fall asleep, and when they wake up, Jeremy's panicking because he's like, crew can't find me in here. The fucking door is locked from the outside. Who would have done that, crew? So he starts yelling for crew, but there's no answer. So he panics more, breaks a window, goes back in, unlocks the door, and goes upstairs. And they're both asleep. And then Jeremy just storms out outside because he's like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. Yeah. 
So back to the manuscript, Verity explains that everything was different after losing Chaston and that Harper didn't even care. Um, the day that Harper got what was coming for her, Verity got upset with Harper and asked if she even cared about her twin sister and if she cares that she died. Right. And Harper is like, yeah, I do. I care and I miss her. And she runs to her room crying. Verity was mimicking Harper and it made crew laugh. And Jeremy told Verity that he should take them by the lake and Jeremy went to the grocery store. So, um, Mm -hmm. what basically Jeremy asked what was going on with Harper because she was crying in her room and Verity said that she told Jeremy that she was upset that she said no to the lake. And so Jeremy's like, well, I'm going to go to the store. Like, why don't you take him down by the lake? And so Verity was like, okay, she got Harper and crew in the canoe and Verity, um, paddles out to the middle of the lake and she wonders what it would be like if she were to tip the canoe and have an accident happen with Harper. So they're in the middle of the lake. She looks at crew and says, hold your breath and like whispers to him and she flips the canoe. So the canoe flips over, all three of them are in the water. She immediately grabs crew and starts swimming to the shore and crew is panicking and freaking out. And he's like, mom, you got to get Harper. She can't swim. You got to get Harper. She's like, honey, I'm trying to get you to the shore so I can go back and get Harper basically is what she's saying. So she gets crew to the shore and she's taking her sweet ass time swimming there. She's Mm -hmm. not trying to hurry. She looks at crew and says, do you remember how to call daddy from mom's phone? Mm -hmm. And he says, yeah. She's like, okay, I want you to go inside and tell him there's been an emergency with Harper and he needs to come home. So crew runs off into the house to grab her phone Mm -hmm. and she very lazily makes her way to the middle of the lake. She doesn't know where she went in. She's like trying Mm -hmm. to find her. And all of a sudden she fills a fishnet with her foot and she grabs it and Harper is dead, wrapped up in this fishnet. So she takes Harper's body to the shore. Mm -mm. What? She doesn't. She tries to avoid everything in the water. She's not the one who grabs the fish. Oh, you're right. Jeremy is. So Jeremy shows up and Verity's acting like she is just absolutely distraught. She's like, I can't find her. I can't find her. So Jeremy hops in, finds her, pulls her to the shore. Mm -hmm. And that's just when he just breaks. She knows that she messed up and that he would never recover from this. Yep. Um... The CPR didn't work on Harper and just Jeremy kept telling her over and over that he loved her. He got in the ambulance with her and he didn't even tell Verity by or anything and his reaction wasn't what she expected, which I'm sorry, what? Yeah. It's disgusting. It just gets more and more fucked up and it's Mm -hmm. just like, what? Yeah. What? So she's killed, she's tried to kill children multiple times. Yep. She has killed one of her children now. So Lowen puked because that last chapter was absolutely, what the fuck? So she takes a shot and has some Xanax. She goes back to her room and naps, trying to decide what to do, like, from this point. Like, do you tell Jeremy? Do you not? So Jeremy comes in and he was like, got in through the window because she blocked the door. Um, That Verity was gone at the doctor's and crew was still in shock. School. I don't know why I said shock. (laughs) So they start having sex and Jeremy told her he felt guilty, but he didn't want to stop. Um, And Lone told him it did need to stop because he's married and she's leaving. And he explains he found a facility to take her that following week. Um, he asked her to stay one more week, which she agrees because she's a dumbass. I'm sorry. I'd be like, bitch, I'm the fuck out. As soon as I saw that bitch staring at me in the window, yeah, I would nope, be out. Bye. Not my, not, uh, uh, uh. So as they're having sex, he came inside her. And Lowen's psycho ass puts a pillow under it and keeps his semen in. Like angles her hips up. Yeah. Yeah. So Lowen goes to bed and is having dreams of crew. 
and how the last things he will remember is his mother flipping the canoe. Mm -hmm. So the next day, she's eating peanut butter and crackers, and Cruz sitting there with her drawing, and he decides he wants some. So he's eating, but he's also licking peanut butter off the knife. And Loan gets a little bit nosy and remember and asks, did they have a canoe? He says, yes. Do you remember your mom flipping it? And Crew replied, mommy said that I shouldn't talk to you if you have questions about her. What the fuck? Yeah. So Loan's like, Loan asks, does your mom talk to you? And Crew bites, like is eating the knife and it slips and cuts his gums. Yeah. So Jeremy rushes in because Loan's screaming and he rushes him to go get stitches. Leaving her there with fucking Barry, dude. Like, <laughs> fuck that shit. I'm out. Alone. So Loan locks the door, rushes to the basement, and grabs a baby monitor. And puts one in her room and one in the office. So she could watch her at all times and locks the door. And so she... Loan's starting to doubt herself because she's like, am I fucking crazy or am I not seeing this? Yeah. She grabs the last pages of the manuscript. So after Harper had died, she had said that she had to give two statements, acting like she was super upset and that Jeremy was worse than the detectives. Like he was really grilling into her and crew. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy was asking questions to Verity about what happened and what were her last words. And then he said, it doesn't make sense. And then he asked why he told crew, sorry, why she told yeah. crew to hold his breath. She said that she... As the canoe was tipping over and he turned over, um, she just basically thought, like, Chatter, Harper is old enough to know to hold her breath, so he's five. I was just trying to protect crew. Right. Um, she had gotten up and started writing the manuscript and asked how her life would end. Would Jeremy do it? Or would she? Would he report her to the police? Or would she just drive herself into a tree? So Jeremy arrives back with crew and Loan is confused that Jeremy even suspected Verity because he hasn't led on to any of this. There has been nothing. So when she got back, um, when they got back, she looked into the baby monitor and Verity was on the floor of the bedroom. So she screams for Jeremy, which she's a dumbass. She should have recorded it before anything, before saying anything because Verity's going to, Verity hears her and gets in the bed and acts like nothing. And so Jeremy comes in and goes to check on Verity and nothing. Like, you know, so Loan goes into Verity's room with a knife telling her to get up and she saw it. Sorry, that's when Jeremy grabs her. And Loan took, like locked her door and goes and is trying to tell Jeremy that Verity's been lying this whole time. She grabs the manuscript and says to Jeremy, read this, at least read the last two chapters. He deserves to know the truth. Yeah. Do you want to take this one? Okay, I can do it. So after a little while, Loan heard a crash from the room and Jer- that Jeremy was in. And that's when she heard him crying. So footsteps and the door opens. Loan watches on the monitor. And Jeremy was saying that Verity, if she doesn't answer, he's going to call the police. And said that when he walks out of this room, he's taking the manuscript to the police and taking crew unless she opens her eyes and tells her what the hell is or tells him what the hell is going on. So Verity opens her eyes. Jeremy is just like, what the motherfuck? Mm. Mm-hmm. Verity tells him that he that she had to and that um, and then Jeremy punches the door. Mm-hmm. Jeremy told her that he killed Harper and or that tells her that he's going to kill her for killing Harper and he tries to choke her. Loan runs up to the room and tries to get him to stop um, that he will know or that everybody will know that he's the one that killed her. So Loan told him to think about crew and Verity's trying to catch her breath. As he pleaded with Loan um, in his eyes to help him, 
to get rid of her. Lowen told him to make her puke and then aspirate it to make it look like an accident, like she did with Harper, um, that it happened in her sleep. And Lowen looked at Verity and she knew that she was dead. So Mm -hmm. Jeremy was panicking. And as is Lowen, I mean, Jeremy literally just made Verity aspirate her own vomit. Like she's... Bitches are dead at this point. Yeah. So Jeremy takes Lowen to the bed and they are both absolutely in shock. They agreed that she died in her sleep and that they will call the police in the morning and they will never discuss any of this ever again. And they both agreed with each other. So they just fucking killed Verity. Jeremy found out the truth about the manuscript and it's just like, fuck. So seven months later after Verity's death, Crew and Jeremy were healing. Lowen had gone back to Manhattan to kind of keep their distance so nobody could catch on to what was going on but Lowen is pregnant with their baby girl and Jeremy's excited for this next step so he after she had gone back to Manhattan for two weeks Jeremy asked her to come back so they had moved at this point to North Carolina to get a new chapter to get away from everything they're a family now um crew started therapy and they think that he will forget the bad memories as any new good ones, mm-hmm. right? So they're back at the house where Verity was because they're trying to get it cleaned up and selling it. And Crew was like, oh, I need to get the things out of mom's floor. So Crew goes back up there, grabs paintings and stuff, and then comes back down and Lowen's like, huh, and goes up there to check. This is where Lowen finds a picture of the girls in the floorboard, the knife, and a letter to Jeremy. Okay, so the letter starts off by Verity apologizing to him and that if he's reading this, that means she's gone with crew. Um, They had a beautiful family and she was a perfect wife and that everything wasn't the same after Chaston had died. They were in Manhattan with her publisher and that Jeremy was turning or tuning out and she felt like... Or Jeremy, okay, let me just restart that. I'm so sorry. So they were in Manhattan with her publisher, and she had noticed that Jeremy was starting to tune her out and stuff like that. And so her publisher had told her that it would be a good idea to write from the villain's point of view. Mm -hmm. It's something different that not a lot of authors do. So she told her to try an antagonist journaling, which are things that happened in real life, but make it more sinister than it really was. So she put an example in the letter about the dinner with her publisher. She wrote about all of the milestones um, that her and the family had gone through, and it helped her hugely with her writing in her books. Yeah. So... So this is how she learned it taught her how to write in this autobiography right and that she did regret writing about harper's death and after this that she never really thought he would read it like Mm -hmm. he just felt like she just in a way it was her form of therapy for healing from her kids but at the same point to help her in her writing as the antagonist so she said though he needs to keep reading the letter to know the truth So she told him that the day that they went to the canoe, she was trying to play with the kids and um, as she missed Chaston so much and to be a good mom because she had been so occupied with work and stuff lately. Um, So she's honestly shocked that he 
believed the manuscript because he's seen the way that she's talked with the kids and the way that he's interacted with the kids. And the day at the lake, she's saying, was an absolute accident. Right. And the reason why, like I said earlier, the reason why she had told Crew to hold his breath is because she was old enough to know, Harper was old enough to know that she was supposed to hold her breath and Crew didn't. Yeah. So she absolutely regretted everything that happened on that day and she hated seeing him in so much pain and she hated that he had questioned her. She explained that um, the day it happened, she blames herself for Harper dying. She was insulted that he would even think that she would ever harm her children. So... She had been crying the whole time while she was writing the manuscript to help her get it out and be the villain in her own story so that she could explain, or because she couldn't explain writer's brain to him. So she felt the relief when she could leave the evil in her life in the office and that she felt that her world was over when she printed it out, but she didn't expect for him to read it. Mm -hmm. But he did read it. He found it and he read it. And he was absolutely pissed. Um, He just says that he doesn't believe her. She tried to explain the situation to him, but he wouldn't let her get two words out before he started choking her Mm -hmm. until she passed out. So when she wakes up, she's in the passenger seat of her Range Rover with tape over her mouth and she is tied up and she knows what's about to happen. I mean, she had written her own death essentially by saying, maybe I should just drive my car Mm -hmm. into a tree. So Jeremy undoes her, or excuse me, he drives into the tree. He undoes her like duct tape and stuff like that and walks away to make it look like she had been the one to do it. But the plan didn't go as he was expecting Mm -hmm. because she lived. So she was in a coma for a month, Mm -hmm. but when she woke up, she was terrified that what would Jeremy do if he found out that she was okay. She was scared that he was going to try to kill her again. And usually the second attempt, second attempts are successful. Mm-hmm. Um, so she is saying that if he has received this letter, that means that she has taken crew and ran away with him because he deserves to be with his mother. And she hopes that Jeremy, after reading this letter, he can forgive her and he can move on and possibly they can reconnect. And she also states that she is aware that um, Lowen came in. Oh, I skipped over something, sorry, really quick. As she was in the room, she would wake up in the middle of the night when everyone was sleeping trying to find the manuscript Mm -hmm. because she knew that he could use it against her, against the cops. Yep. So she was looking everywhere, addict, even in his own room when he was sleeping and she couldn't find it anywhere. And all of a sudden, Lowen comes into the house and she knows that she had found the manuscript. Yep. Um, And she had heard them having sex and she was like, this girl came in and stole my career. She stole my family. She stole, you know, my life. Mm Mm-hmm. And I have watched you fall in love with another woman, but I still love you. And I hope that you can find it in your heart to forgive me and we can move on from this type thing. But until then, she's going into hiding because she's scared for her life. What a fucked up bitch, dude. (laughs) So woman drops the letter and didn't even know what to do. She's just in shock. And she was like, did we just kill somebody that's innocent? Like, what do we believe? So she runs to the bathroom, takes this letter, and is flushing it down the toilet. She's fucking eating Eating it. it. (laughs) Like, why would you eat the letter? Just throw it in the toilet and flush it. And Jeremy comes in and is like, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, but she's just remembering 
like her life and coming to this house and that nothing can ever be undone. Like nothing is, it's forever changed. So, and it's 10 weeks until their baby would be there. And Loan promised to herself that she's going to take the letter to her grave. And that is it. That is the end of Verity. Yes. So now let's get into this. Team manuscript or letter? Manuscript. 100%? 100%. There is no swaying you. I don't think so. So the first time I read this book, I have to say I was manuscript. Okay. 100%. I... I have a hard time believing that you could write that horrible shit about your kids and say what she did and that she didn't do it. But on the other hand, I could see the letter being the truth now. The second time I read this, my view changed. Not because of the bonus chapter. This was before I even read the bonus chapter because we'll get into that in a second. I just, as a mom, I cannot see anybody, even if it was for your career, I could never write that kind of stuff about my children. Kimber, but I'm going to challenge you. Look at what Colleen Hoover just did. She is a She's writer. She's an author. <laughs> she just did what Verity was but doing. But it's not it. against her kids. It's not against Colleen right. Hoover's kids. It's just right. completely made up kids. But the fact that she could get that dark and write as fucked up as she did... I don't. But there have been talks. Like, Colleen Hoover has done multiple interviews saying that Verity is fucking crazy. But she wrote this story from Lowen's point of view. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I don't see I it. Don't and know. just the way that Crew said, my mommy said not to tell you anything if you stop asking me or start asking me questions. Like, yeah. there's so much foreshadowing going around everything that Verity did. 100%. I'm, I think I still lean more towards Team Manuscript just from everything that had happened. The fact that Jeremy believed that she could do it is what yeah. cues me into the manuscript. There is something that has been bothering me since I read this book from day one, too. Did he just, did his brain just sh- completely shove him driving her into a tree into the back of his mind? Like, he doesn't remember reading the manuscript. Did that trauma just block that out? Very well could have, but she doesn't talk about it. That's why this book, it's like an open-ended question. Yeah. You could be on either team and you're not in the wrong. 100% is what you take from this story is your own truth. Yeah. You could believe the manuscript and I can believe the letter. But everybody who I've talked to who has read this book because either we referred it or the book talk, most people are manuscript but then you have discussions in the very discussion group on facebook and there is so many things where jeremy's fucking crazy what well, fucking crazy yeah I, they're all fucking crazy you know what i mean they like, literally all are yeah and then let's talk about the bonus chapter because this is going to change a little bit yeah so do you want to go over it or you want me to you can okay so it takes off a year after verity has been dead they've cremated her so there's absolutely no evidence of this so it is just jeremy lowen crew and their baby girl nova who is six months old i believe Mm -hmm. and they are living in north carolina they lowen is fucking insane dude (laughs) like i was reading this and i was telling my sister i'm like what yeah the way she her thought process is with everything she's comparing everything to verity right really get the fuck over it but that tells me there's something like Verity is like a drug at this point that's mm-hmm. addictive. And like her and Jeremy have sex and she thought, which one's better, me or the dead one? And I was like, what the yeah. fuck, Loman? Yeah. Like, you're with him with the baby. Like, yeah. get the fuck over it, right? Mm-hmm. So she's like, let's go to the beach. They go to the beach and they run into, I think her name was Patricia. Yes. The neighbor from the grocery store. 
And she starts questioning. She says hi to crew. And she comes up to Lone. And she's like, oh, is that your baby? Yeah. Because Jeremy's on a run yes. down the beach. He's yeah. not with them. Not yet. So she's questioning. And she's like, oh, well, is that why you guys moved away so fast? Like, I didn't, I'm assuming it's Jeremy's baby. Like, just being a snobby bitch. And Lowen's trying to avoid the question, but then Crew goes, that's my sister. Yeah. And so Lowen's like, fuck. And she's just praying Jeremy comes back because like, she doesn't have to answer this. So then he goes, he does come back and tells her, and she's like, oh, is that why you guys moved away so fast? Like, why did you keep it a secret? Like, just being a judgy bitch mm-hmm. about him having sex with Lowen because obviously the baby was born and she was pregnant with Verity dying and just... Yeah, like she was putting the numbers together that uh-huh. she would have gotten pregnant either right before Verity died or literally right after Verity died. Right. Like so close together. So she's queuing in and Jeremy and Lowen are panicking because it looks suspicious that Verity died. She's pregnant. They moved. That's why they were trying to keep a low-key life. And they did change their last names from Crawford to Lowen's last name. So they're the Ashleys now. Mm -hmm. So everything, they've done everything. It's kind of like a you situation, you know, (laughs) like with love and what's his name? Joe. Joe. And just, it's kind of like that vibe. Mm -hmm. So Jeremy, so Patricia starts to walk away and Jeremy's like, go get in the car, packs everything up. Don't leave anything behind. She immediately gets on her phone. Patricia does. Yes. And he's just like, oh, fuck no. Like everyone's going to know. Yep. So Lowen takes crew and Nova back to the car and crew is yelling at Nova to shut up like because she's crying mm-hmm. Lowen's watching Jeremy go pretty much fucking attack Patricia and drowned her at this point so he kills Patricia in the ocean <laughs> in the ocean <laughs> it's <was> beautiful <laughs> and comes back to the car and is dripping wet and crew's like dad did you go swimming and he just is like silent he's like I fell in yeah <laughs> what the fuck you're an adult and you fell yeah. I mean I, that sounds stupid because adults <laughs> So they go back to the house and put Nova in the crib, crew to bed. No, crew's watching TV. Jeremy and Lowen are in their bedroom, shocked. And Lowen's just thinking, oh my God, did he, like, my husband's killed two people. What if he kills me? Like, just yeah. going She's into like, I can't this leave because of everything I know. And, and before I say what happens, <laughs> crew had made a comment to Lowen that his baby sister is going to die. Yeah. So it's some weird fucking shit is going on. Like, crew is a very, disturbed child he really is so they're talking and she goes she showers everything she goes to look at nova she's not in her crib Mm -hmm. so they're fucking she panics and jeremy had brushed off crew's comment yeah he didn't want to talk about it so they go out there and they're like where's the baby and he's like oh i put her outside because i she was screaming and i couldn't hear my show so they go outside and she's like 20 feet just on the ground screaming yeah and fucking then crew. They walk in and Jeremy's like, it's okay. She's okay. Like, it just, we need to deal with it. And they just go to bed. Yeah. And that is the end of the bonus chapter. But she goes to bed thinking, like, I'm stuck. Like, even if I wanted to leave, like, Jeremy might be right. batshit crazy, but I, I can't. I know too much that he will kill me. Mm-hmm. And That's he's it. not going to go against crew. No. Either. So now, what's your view after the bonus chapter? How did you feel about it? Manuscript. You're still manuscript? Yes. I think that Verity fucked him up so bad by not only their lives together, like with the kids and finding the manuscript and then him having to block out that memory of driving her into a tree to her basically torturing the woman that he invited to finish her books. Like his head is so fucked 
up. And now he's got this big, deep, dark secret of him killing his wife and now being in love with a new woman, he's got so many secrets in his head, he would do literally anything in his power to keep his family together and safe, including killing Patricia. Yeah. I definitely think he's losing his marbles, don't get me wrong, I agree with that. But everything he is doing is to protect crew, Nova, and Lowen. I can agree with you on that, I can concur with you. I, it's hard because going back and rereading this and reading the letter, I, for the first time, 100% was team manuscript and I'm still team manuscript, but I'm swaying just a skosh. The letter resonated with me. Is that the right way to say that? Mm -hmm. Okay. With me to where I could see it from Verity's point of view, like of being scared of Jeremy because, and especially after you read this bonus chapter, you're like, maybe he was the fucking crazy one because he did try to kill her, but he had reason for it. Mm -hmm. The manuscript had said this. Mm -hmm. There is a theory on one of the Facebook groups of Jeremy being fucking psycho and going through all of this shit and I I could see it too. So if you want to see everybody's point of view, I'd say go to the discussion group. But this book is insane, literally. I I do think that... Verity had noticed that Lowen had started reading the manuscript. Oh, for sure. And at that point, you know how quick she is to come up with lies. You, we've oh, yeah. seen it time and time again. That's true. She could have been like, oh, fuck, like, I've got to cover my ass. Yeah. Corey's fucking motto. CYA. CYA. I almost said COA. CYA, <laughs> cover your ass. Yeah. I'm going to write this letter so that if anything happens to me, it explains away the manuscript. And I agree with that. I. This is one of those that's a complete brain fuck. And Truthfully. when he cuts his hand in there, I bet you 50 fucking dollars it was Verity that did it because she doesn't like her kids. Right. I bet you that was no accident at all. I And that's why she hit the knife. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, th- I think I'm 100%, no, I'm 95% team manuscript and 5% letter. Just from the bonus chapter, it swayed me, but not enough to say I believe that Verity was sane. But Colleen Hoover did do that interview where she admitted, like, it, the Verity's the villain. Yeah. So. She's a cunt. She is. But I don't know. Everybody has such a high not a high, but like they are very vocal about what they think with this book. And so I think that's what's hard is you have to go into it not knowing. You have to be blind. Mm-hmm. And so you can kind of make that choice for yourself. Because if I had talked to you prior to it, because you wouldn't tell me anything. No, I read it before you did. Yeah. And so I was like, what the fuck? And you wouldn't say I'm a like, damn word. Read it. And I'm thankful you didn't, which we're very good with that, like mm-hmm. we mentioned prior. But I think that's the hardest thing is like you cannot have anybody else's opinion because that'll sway you mm-hmm. 100% if you see any spoilers of this book know anything yeah you're already swayed. swayed you need to read it not look anything up don't yeah. join any Facebook groups until you do read it yeah I think that's the cool part about this book and I have to praise Colleen Hoover like I said in the beginning this is just not her own book Mm-mm. I've never read another Colleen Hoover book but we are doing that next time which I'm really excited to yeah. see her other stuff you're gonna be like what the fuck it's, it's night and day difference it's literally like <laughs> reading have you ever read like a sarah dustin book no okay think of um penelope douglas like bully like it's cute but not cute you know <laughs> there's problems within it imagine colleen hoover's book being like that and then going to read this okay that's kind of like the best comparison She's way spicier than Colleen <laughs> yeah. Hoover. Excuse me. They are way spicier. Yes. But um, it, it just, it's crazy. And 
I think that's what took me so aback with this book is that it was not her normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And her, even her own publishers didn't want to publish it because mm-hmm. they were like, nope, it's not going to sell. So she went through a different publisher or self-published I it. I think she self-published it to start. And it's her biggest book to date. Yeah. The, She's like, yep. Those you. two. Verity and it ends with us. Those two are her biggest, but they're totally different broad spectrums. Mm-hmm. You have domestic violence and you have suspense. <laughs> Killing your ex-vegetable wife that's not really an ex-vegetable wife. <laughs> the fuck? And you might have done it. The fact that she fucking faked it for as long as she did, I think, is what got me. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You just sit there and piss yourself in front of her. I'd be like... <laughs> <laughs> I just peed. <laughs> no, it's like Dumb and Dumber when Harry and Lloyd... Lloyd no, Harry's changing Lloyd's fucking diaper. You've been faking it for 20 years? He's like, got you. <laughs> Oh, Except that it's not a laughing matter. No. Okay. Do you have... Can you say you had a favorite character in this book? No. I mean, Crew was pretty cute. <laughs> Fucking psycho cute. Yeah. I think before the bonus chapter, it would have to be Jeremy. After mm-hmm. the bonus chapter, I literally don't know if I can have one. I agree. Nova? Like, even... She's, she's a cute little baby. <laughs> yeah. We're going to go with Nova. But, like, April was... A, Eerie, like she, like yeah, she just gave me eerie vibes. Jeremy's off and on. The lights are going out. Um, <laughs> Lowen's crazy. Like I don't know. You don't know what to believe. Yeah, I don't have. Yeah, that turtle was pretty cool too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm down with that. Um, the smuttiest scene to you is really. I mean, there was a quite a few sex scenes in the manuscript between Lowen and Verity. Nope, Verity and Jeremy. But I would have to say probably the ones between Jeremy and Lowen, like when she was biting down on the headboard and stuff. Fucking psycho! I know, it was like a fuck you to Verity type thing. Yeah. But I, I don't know, that There's just hurt my teeth. Big dick energy going between these girls here. Right? <laughs> fuck. And I'd have to agree, because there wasn't very many to choose from. The couch scene was good until Verity was standing there. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? And the sex scenes between them was good, but it was... Yeah. And in the bonus chapter... Very no, Jeremy sucks on Lowen's boob to get to taste her breast milk, yeah. and it was just like, huh? I was telling my sister, I'm like, that's disgusting. Yeah, like, I mean, if you want to try it, teach her own. It. I'm not judging you. It just was not my. It's not a kink for me. Have you, you've seen um, Grandma's Boy, right? Oh yeah, when he's like sucking on her boobs, and he's like, Mama. <laughs> love it. Okay, I would you recommend this book? Yes, 100% I would recommend this book. I agree. I have already been recommending this book. <laughs> yeah. I got my sister to read this book and she's not a reader, so she listened to audio, on the audiobooks and she's read a few more after that. I'm like, yes, yes, I got it. But I was like, the more the merrier who reads this and who can give yeah. their... The chirp level on this book oh, is very you. low. I would give it a two. I would give it a two as well. Maybe even a 1.5. Yeah. And like I said, she is not spicy. No. Some scenes, I think her newer book, The the Reminders of Him, is probably one of her spicier books where it goes into a little bit more detail. They're detailed, but they're just not like detailed. Yeah. Not like what we normally yeah. read. But either way, regardless of the chirp level, I would 100% recommend this book. Oh, for sure. Just be mindful. It is dark. It is creepy. <laughs> but it it's is. good. So, alrighty, guys. So, we're going to just release our... Wow, let me restart this. <laughs> we are releasing our episodes bi-weekly. So, we're going to keep you updated for upcoming episodes on our Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. So, give us a follow at smutsluts.bookpodcast. Next time, we are going to be reviewing It Ends With Us by Colleen Hoover. And then we will follow it up with It Starts With Us by Colleen Hoover. 
Also, we do have a YouTube channel. If you want to watch us interact while we record our episode, you can see my uh, Verity impersonation. That was pretty good. It's pretty cool. (laughs) Um, You can follow us uh, or subscribe to our channel at Smut Sluts Period Book Podcast. No spacing in that. All righty. And thank you guys so much for listening. Keep it kinky, Smut Sluts. We'll see you next time.